that song itself has a message, doesn't it? That you know, God has went um, went through all all extremes. He's went unbelievable past. Uh, he's 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 went over the top for us. You know, who who would ever think of leaving heaven? You know, I most I've ever heard of people who get to heaven, they don't want to come back, right? Once you you've tasted heaven, and and I'm sure it's going to be that way for us. Through Jesus Christ, we're we're gonna never want it. We're not gonna ever cry again, have sorrow. But the Lord stepped out of heaven so that we could become uh, saved, ready for heaven. He knew we couldn't make it on our own. For God so loved the world, you all know it. I'm sure. What for God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son and. Whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That is the gospel that changes lives all around the world. And we are the church that Jesus said to go into all the worlds. Jesus demonstrated it himself. Jesus stepped into our world. And I want to talk a little bit about our just how that came about. I'm sure you're... And every year I say, Lord, what, what, is, what can I say that's new? What can I say that's a little different or, you know, we've never heard before? And I said, you know, it's, it's maybe uh, fresh. We can say it's fresh to us because we need it every day. We need a heavenly food that comes from heaven every day. We need to abide in him so that we can walk with him. So last week we we dove into the chapter one of Luke and we discovered how that uh, John the Baptist was was born and that he was a, a forerunner of Jesus. They were related to each other, and John the Baptist was an extraordinary person. Jesus himself said, "There's no one been like John the Baptist." He grew up on the backside of a desert and then became public later in his life, declaring the things of God. People were repenting over John the Baptist's message. And yet when Jesus came, he said, I, I need to be baptized by you. And Jesus outshines them all. Jesus is above all other people. There's no other God. The Bible says that he's the only way to heaven. He's the only name by which we can be saved. I'm sorry. But that's what the Word of God says, and I'm glad it says it because it makes it clear. He makes it simple that we don't have to try to be something we're not, that somehow we're going to outweigh uh, our problems, our sins with our, with our good. And that, that's, not how, that's not how it works. Jesus knew we couldn't save ourselves. So after the announcement, Zacharias had this little bit of a doubt, and he's the father uh, of John the Baptist, and he, he, he just questioned, you know, how can this be? We're old. And the angel made the announcement, and well, you don't, you don't want to question the Lord when he, he says something's going to happen. <laughs> so John uh, Zacharias became silent for a while. He wasn't able to speak for a, for a season. And God, I, God was doing a work in his heart. As you know, God is doing a work in your heart today. God wants to do a work in your heart and my heart. All Every day is a gift from God that we get to walk with him. God wants to do a work in your heart. God wants to show himself to you. And so sure enough, Zacharias 
as he received the promise, he received the, the word from the angel. Sure enough, John the Baptist was born, and he went after he, 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 his mouth was open. After his mouth was open, he began to speak the praises of God, began to proclaim the things of God. By the way, we are glad for our kids in the church today. We, I love it. I grew up in a church where we had kids' church in church. Now, that's okay. We have kids' church. We do have a kind of a kids' church program when we need it and from time to time. But I grew up falling asleep at my mother's shoulder. I don't know if you're from that kind of era and background. That's kind of the way, we, way it was back then. It's okay. I love to. And babies don't, they don't, they don't interrupt me. If they cry, I don't even hear. I don't let that bother me. Jesus loves the little children. And we're glad you're here. So just relax. And be, let's soak in the presence of God today. I believe in soaking, soaking in the presence. I don't always have to have words to say. When you go to prayer with the, with the Lord, sometimes I think we need to say, Lord, speak to me. Help me to hear. It's not what I, what I want. What do you want? What does the Lord want? What pleases you? What is it that makes you I want to say the ha word happy, but smile. What is it that pleases you? There's a word, pleases the Lord. When he sees his children hungry and seeking, thirsty, hungry, following after the things of God, eager to learn like children, eager to explore. And so now, how did this all happen? How did Christmas come about? Well, a lot of things have been added to Christmas that we would say were really not scriptural. But you know what? They're okay. You celebrate Christmas. You have family traditions. Do it up. Have fun. But the most important thing is we know that scripture tells us that the reason we can have our being is because of the Lord himself. And as I mentioned already, he went to the extreme to come to get us so that we can live with him forever. And so now the Virgin Mary, as we know, is the mother of Jesus. I'm going to talk to you a bit about the vessel. A vessel is, an, is something that can be used, can be filled, can be made use of. And so at verse 27 at Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, it says, let me back up to verse 28, actually. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel, Gabriel was busy, a busy angel around this time of the year, around that time. And he said, it was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, hail favored one, the Lord is with you. And she about fell over. Now just imagine with me. The Lord himself comes to you and says, Hail, favored one. What do you mean? What, what am I but, a, but a, a sinner? What am I but a human? What am I but a vessel, a weak vessel? And I want you to pick up on this, that Mary pondered things in her heart. Several times the scripture says that Mary thought about what was said to her. She was a thinker. 
She was one who would process over and over in her heart. And let me ask you this. What are your thoughts often? What do you think about? And I want to challenge you to allow God's word in your heart. Think on things that are pure. Think on things that are lovely. Think on things that are true, the scripture says. And we don't have to be uptight. We don't have to let the season become so that it is takes, we don't, we don't even focus on the reason why we're celebrating. I'm guilty. We get so busy with life. Life stretches us. Life can stretch us out. We can become so weak and weary from all the doing that we forget about the being. We forget about sitting at the feet of Jesus. I, I, I believe that Mary's personality had, had one that she was a kind of a quiet-natured person. She, she, she thought a lot. And it says the scriptures say, your favor, the Lord is with you. You know what? I want the Lord to be with me. You want the Lord to be with you? I think you want the Lord to be with you. You want the Lord to be in your life. You want your Lord to be in your home. You want the Lord to be the one who directs your path. Amen? You want the Lord's blessing on you. How do we get God to bless us? How do we get God to favor us? And can we do that? Is that up to us? The scripture says to come into his presence with boldness. Enter into his presence, enter into his throne room. In fact, the priests in the Old Testament only could go at certain times of the year with certain amounts of sacrifices at certain eras of the year and, and enter in. But Jesus said, come whenever, all times of the day or night, he is open to meet with you. How do we get God's blessing? We get close to him. We seek after him. We humble ourselves. We acknowledge our need for him. That opens up. He says, yes, I will bless you. Yes, I want to bless. I want to show you. Come follow me. Did he not choose his 12 disciples to come follow after him? I'm going to take what you know as fishing for fish, and I'll make you a fisher of men. I'm going to direct your path to what is really important in life, that we're not just here to earn a, a, a financial living, but we're here to help others around us know Jesus. The Lord is with you. Oh, that God would be with us. You know that Emmanuel, the word Emmanuel means God is with us. How can God be with us? It happened through the Holy Spirit. The Virgin Mary was conceived by the Holy Spirit. God himself conceived in Mary the Christ, the Son of God. And now, listen, when the church was born, when Jesus was resurrected, he said, I'm going to leave a a promise. I have, I'm going to leave the Holy Spirit. I'm going to leave so that the Holy Spirit can come. And in fact, the Holy Spirit has been left for us, for you and I, to seek after, to be filled with, that we don't have to walk in our own understanding, that I don't have to lean on what I think is best, that I can turn to the Scriptures, that I can see that God the Holy Spirit, that God the Holy Spirit can speak to you. He can whisper in your heart, your mind. He can speak to you through the written word of God. God is with us. Oh, that he be with us. Oh, how we need him.
Oh, how our world needs him. Oh, how your family needs him. And he's there available. Whosoever will call upon him. We don't have to have a pile of money. We don't have to have a, a, you know what, we come just as we are. And a lot of times, just as we are is a mess, if we're honest. But he takes our messes and he makes something beautiful when he turns. God is all about transforming. God is all about renewing. God is all about starting again, afresh and anew, taking that which is old and worn out, lifeless. God is all about resurrection power through the name of Jesus. You see, there's nothing. The Bible says at verse 37 is, there's nothing that will be impossible. with. Think about it. There's nothing that will be impossible with God. What is your... What is your greatest need right now? Think about it. What is your greatest challenge right now? Let's stand upon the promise of Jesus. Nothing is impossible with God. Do we believe that? Yes. Can we walk like we believe it? We ought to. Let's try. Let's trust. You know, it's God's problem. Think about it. It's God's problem. But he's looking for a people for a heart in whom he can fill and dwell. He's looking for a vessel. He's looking for an instrument. And you know what? Even when you're weak, even when you're not what you want to be yet, God still can use you because in your weakness, he is made strong. How does that work? Well, I, I happen to sort of understand it. In other words, in my weakness, it takes the focus off me and places it on him. That I'm not going to do it in my own strength. That I cannot change just in my own strength. You see how it works? It takes admitting that I need him. And oh, what comes when there is a heart that becomes surrendered. Oh, what blessings come. Oh, what can be changed. Oh, what can be removed. Oh, what can be restored when we acknowledge to the one who is able to do exceeding abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that lives within us. You, did, you, did you know you and I don't have the power to think big enough for what God wants to do, but the Holy Spirit in you can begin to uh, chime in, chime in and resonate in your heart that you are convinced that this is what God wants in your life. This is the way to walk. This is the way to live. When God comes, there's hope. We live in a hopeless, often hurting. People are broken in crisis. 
in some situation unless the Lord helps them. They're not, they're not going to make it. They're not going to be, they don't know what to do. Friend, if you're here today in a situation, you, you've, tried, you've tried different things. You've tried, you're, you've tried to work it out, but you've come only to frustration. You, you've maybe been, been hurt by individuals, but the only way to get uh, healing is to get to the feet of Jesus and bring it to him. The Bible says that we can place everything that's upon our heart, everything that weighs us down, all that is bothering us, we can lay it at the feet of Jesus, and he's able to take it and receive it. And he wants to turn our pain into something that is precious. You see, the vessel is not without blemish. The vessel can be broken. In fact, there's an Old Testament book named Jeremiah. I'm going to remember. Not too many. Jeremiah was an Old Testament prophet. A prophet that he spoke for the things of God. But the prophet, the messenger, went down to receive a message in Jeremiah 18. It's a beautiful story. It speaks about a potter that is... They're making something on the wheel, on the potter's wheel. And he's not satisfied with it, so he breaks it and he remakes it. And God is showing Jeremiah, that is what I want to do with this nation. I want to break this nation. I want to bring this nation back, speaking to Israel. I want to bring this nation back to where it needs to be. Listen, we need God, the Holy Spirit. To bring our nation back to where it needs to be. Our nation, we need to pray for. We need to stand in the gap for. We need to be standing up for righteousness. There is hope for our nation when God's people are living and praying and believing. I want what God wants. What does God want? God wants you to be ready when he comes. God wants you to be ready when he sounds the trumpet, when the trumpet of the Lord shall sound, then the resurrection shall be resurrected. We shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. You see, there's a lot of trouble in between. There's a lot of trouble in this world. Why do we have so much trouble? Why is there so much pain? Why is there so much hurt? It started back in the Garden of Eden when man decided to do his own thing. When man chose to be disobedient, we've been reaping the consequences. So therefore, because of sin entering into one man, sin has entered into the whole race. We're living in a day when it's not popular to talk about sin. Not popular. Let me say this. God comes to save the sinner, which I am one of them. And I believe that he saved me as a little young boy, praying at an altar one Sunday evening on a Sunday night in my home church, just crying before the Lord, not really understanding everything. You see, that's the good news about our, our Lord. He don't have to understand it all. You didn't say, Jesus, I need you. I know I need you. I cannot save myself. And I knew when I got off 
that all third off that floor, the young boy, I don't know, it was five or six, something like that. I knew if Jesus come back, I looked at the stars and I knew I was, I was ready for heaven. How did you know that? There was something resonating in my spirit. The Bible says that his spirit bears witness with our spirit. Did you know that you have a, you are a spirit being? You have a spirit. But God, the Holy Spirit, wants to chime with your spirit so that he wants to make yours. That's how he lives inside of us. And that's what I mean when we talk about the vessel. And Paul said we, have, we are earthen vessels. We like we are jars of clay. We're easily broken. We're easily hurt. We're easily sometimes offended. We're easily sometimes selfish. What can I have that'll make me happy? We're easily sometimes swayed. Unless we're careful. The vessel. The focus is not on the vessel. The focus is on what's in the vessel. And let me say this. When you focus upon the Lord, that he wants to be in your vessel, that you will begin to uh, shine. You will begin to uh, show forth an attitude that is Christ-likeness, that we have been uh, at times uh, given over to selfishness when it boils down to what is in. And the Bible said we can be clean. We can be whiter than snow. Whenever it snows, I sometimes think of this verse. Oh, my sins were red like crimson. Comes out of Isaiah. They shall be whiter than snow. You know what God does when he removes our sins? He takes them as far as the east is from the west. In other words, he never, he never remembers them anymore. He washes us so that we're cleaner than anything that we could imagine on this earth. We are made right in his sight because of his perfect presence, his perfect without blemish, without sin. And Jesus said, and his word says, he became sin. Paul says it, he became sin that we might know the righteousness of God in him. He became sin. What is he saying? He took your place. He took your sins on himself. And so it's this Christmas story. It is good news. The shepherds, as they were abiding in the fields, they were blown away. When all of a sudden, the presence of God comes upon them, begins, they begin to, uh, to be probably falling backward, probably running. What in, what in the world is happening and the scripture says, the angel said, don't be afraid. Oftentimes, in the presence of God, you're overwhelmed. We see it throughout scripture, but God is saying, don't be afraid. Don't let fear stop you from coming and waiting on me. I bring you good news out of a great joy which shall be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior. What is Christ the Lord? And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws, living in a lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared 
with the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men whom he has is pleased. Oh, that we could just get a glimpse. Today, we see through a glass dimly. We see through a glass. What is what, what we've come to understand? A little word called faith. We don't understand it all. We can't see all, all the things. We, don't, we, so we walk day by day with him. Mary had no clue until it began to be lived out what she was in for. Although the, the, the scripture says that one day there will be a, a sword that will pierce her soul. That she will have sorrow. And that's was reflecting upon the cross. You see, right in the shadow of the manger was a cross. In the shadow of the manger, we see a, a, a symbol, a, a, a foreshadow of, 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 the, of the tomb that Jesus would be laid in. You see how it's, God is always sending a message. The reason I come is so that you can be in my heaven, that you can live forever, that your sins will be made white as snow. What a, what a, whether this picture in your mind, of, you know, we, we all have somewhat of a picture of what, what it was like to be the first Christmas and, you know, the stable scene. I don't want to mess with your theology, okay? Whether it was a barn out of wood, it probably wasn't. It was more likely a cave. It was more likely something we've never seen really before. But the most important thing was what came, who came, who came, and who is coming again for us. He's coming back. His first coming, it comes as a lowly babe. Infant, but the Bible says he's coming back on a white horse, a champion, a king, a warrior, and a sword of a spirit. He speaks the word, nations will be trampled, will be judged. Listen. I want to be with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. As simple as it is, we're, sing, we're going to sing the silent night as, as in conclusion of, of, of the message. I want you to think about his first coming. At the same time, we're thinking about his second coming. We're thinking about when he comes back and every eye shall see him. Every knee shall bow. I want to bow today in my heart. I want to make him Lord. Let's sing it. <laughs>